Welcome to the Rooted and Reaching podcast, a ministry of First Baptist Church in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada. At First Baptist Church, our vision is to be people deeply rooted in the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ, who then reach out into our neighborhood, city, and the world as we live and share the good news. Here is this week's Rooted and Reaching message from FBC Charlottetown. Well, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm a member of the teaching team here at First Baptist Church. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to uh, quickly celebrate something. A week ago, uh, Zach Denny stood up here and he asked for help because Camp Segi needed help. There was a ton of work to be done out there, uh, and people from churches all across PEI, this one included, answered that call for help. And yesterday, uh, there were at least 60 people out at Camp Segi helping cut down trees, clear brush. And all of those contributions are what make a camp ministry possible. So thank you to everybody who came out. Uh, thank you for everyone who's been supporting camp in whatever way they can, whether that be through prayer, through coming out and helping out, whether it be financially, whatever it is, uh, it's appreciated uh, and it supports a wonderful, wonderful ministry. So job well done to everybody on that. Um, I'm going to jump right into our message for this morning now that we've had that little moment of celebration. Uh, some of you who know me uh, would know, in my adult life, I've become a fairly avid reader. Uh, you know, I, I, it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows, but I, I read quite a bit. I love a good book. Uh, I love to spend uh, a day with a good book. But I haven't always been like that. I haven't always been a person who likes to read. Uh, in fact, for seasons of my life, I did anything but read because it just drove me nuts to try to sit down and read a book. Uh, it was not what I thought a good day or a fun day looked like. Um, when I was in high school, uh, I didn't like to read. Uh, I resented reading. If I was given a reading assignment, I just didn't really want to do it. But when I was in high school, I think it was in my senior year, uh, our English class was assigned uh, Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. I had the title wrong in my sermon. It was Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice uh, that we had to read. Uh, and that tells you how, how much I paid attention in high school that I didn't remember the book. Um, but we were, we were assigned Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice as a reading and, and as part of our coursework. Uh, we were expected by the end of it to produce an essay, uh, drawing conclusions for, you know, daily life, some, some kind of lesson that we learned from the book uh, that we felt like Shakespeare was trying to communicate through, uh, through the text and through this play. Uh, I'll confess that the details of what I produced are foggy. I don't remember a lot about what I wrote, uh, largely because it was a while ago. Um, but I do remember some general feelings that I had about this essay when I wrote it. See, I, I remember writing the paper. I remember working on it. I remember spending a fair bit of time on it and thinking, this is a great paper. This is a great essay. You know, I was confident in my ability to make a persuasive argument. I was confident in the references that I included. I really believed that I had produced something exceptional. I was sure when I got that paper back, I was going to have an A. Uh, I, was, I was absolutely certain that this was an A-worthy paper. And so when I got essays back, I had a habit because the, this teacher in particular would always put the grade on the last page with some comments. So I would start at the beginning, and I would read through to the end, and I would read all of the teacher's comments before I got to the last page of the paper to see my grade. And as I'm going, I'm like, yeah, that checks out. He's, you know, he liked this paper. It looks really good. And then I get to the last page of the essay, 
uh, where I was going to find my grade, and I see all this red ink. And I was like, he loved it. I was like, this is awesome. He's, he is praising me. He's going to tell me to get this thing published. This is awesome. Wow, I nailed it. And I start reading, and I'm like, this doesn't seem like the tone of somebody who loved my essay. And I look down at the bottom, and I see the grade, and it says C-. And I was like, wow, that's a lot lower than I thought. I was frustrated. I was about to go to him and be like, what do you mean C-? I put a lot of work into this paper. The problem was I actually hadn't put a lot of work into the paper. What happened, some of you might be asking, it's simply this. My brilliantly crafted essay missed one crucial component. Remember I said at the beginning that I haven't always been an avid reader? So I didn't actually read the book. (laughs) I wrote an essay based on how I thought the book would end. Um, And at the critical moment when I landed that final, you know, if you write a good essay, you build up to your final point. And my final point all hinged on the end of the book, how it concluded, how that play ended. Um, And I got the ending wrong. So the conclusions that I drew were not at all what was in the text. I just produced something else entirely. So at that critical moment when I made my final argument, I got the end of the book wrong. My entire essay and the point I tried to make was based on what I had assumed the end of the book would be uh, based on my understanding. But I was wrong about the ending, so I looked pretty foolish. How I got a C- is beyond me. Like, I should have failed that paper. I, give the, I still talk to the teacher, and every now and then I give him a hard time. I was like, you realize that I did better than some of my classmates that read the book, right? Like, you know, and I give him a hard time about it. But, but it's one of those funny, lighthearted stories uh, that, to me, summarizes the essence of the series that we're in right now that Pastor Dean kicked off last week. See, not just sometimes, but all the time, we need to make sure that we get the rest of the story before we start to make assumptions and spread information. So last week, we celebrated Easter. We celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, and we talked about how much hope the rest of the story gave people and gives us. Uh, And I thought I would start this morning with just a fun, lighthearted example of why it's really, really important to always get the rest of the story before you jump in. So we're going to dive deeper into the biblical reasons why it's important for us to hear the rest of the story. But before we do, I just want to pray and set the tone for our message. Gracious God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the time that we get to spend together learning uh, from your word. Uh, We thank you for the time that we uh, get to spend uh, hearing from you uh, and hopefully, God, being challenged about the way that we think and the way that we live. God, I just pray that for each one of us here that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the word that you have for us this morning. God, I pray that you would turn up that soil of our heart, uh, make it fertile ground where good seed might be planted so that we could grow and we could bear good fruit for your kingdom. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I mentioned, last week we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, The greatest day in history we celebrated last Sunday. And we were reminded of just how important the rest of the Easter story is. I was thinking about, as we sang that song, It Is Well, which Debbie introduced beautifully, by the way, but I was thinking about how, how can we sing that? And the only way we can sing that is if we have hope. And how we have hope is that we know the rest of the story. If the Jesus story ends on Good Friday, 
it's not so good, right? But we know the rest of the story. We know about the resurrection, and that's how we have the hope and the ability to sing these songs of, of anticipation of what God will do, even if we don't see it happening in the moment. It's because we have an example of what the rest of the story looks like. And so we were reminded last week of just how important it is uh, to know the rest of the story. And knowing the full story is an important part of our daily lives, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This week, I want us to take some time and focus on some of the practical implications of what can happen when we fail to get the full story. If we decide we don't need the full story, what happens? What happens to us? What happens to the people we interact with? What happens to our communities if we don't take the time to get the full story? Because believe it or not, the Bible has quite a bit to say about knowing the full story. The Bible actually thinks it's uh, quite important for us to have the full story. And we live in an age where people are less and less inclined to take the time to get the full story. In fact, we're, we're pretty quick to fire out uh, opinions and comments and suggestions without knowing the full story. There's a brilliant example of this. Back in 2014, NPR, National Public Radio, down in the States, they ran an article. Uh, they posted a link. This was an April Fool's joke that they pulled on their readership. Uh, so they posted on social media a link to an article. And the headline for that article said, Why doesn't America read anymore? Uh, that was the, the title of the headline. Um, and the article, if you opened the link after seeing it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever it was that you saw this headline of Why Doesn't America Read Anymore, the article simply said, thanks for coming to this page. We're really glad you're here. This is a fun little experiment. If you've read this, please like the post and do not comment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show was more or less the summary of the article. And then the comment section blew up with people commenting on why they thought that Americans didn't read anymore, or so they, you know, they blamed iPads, they blamed iPhones, they blamed TV, they blamed everything under the sun, and then they defended their own reading habits, saying, I read everything, I read every day, and it's like, but you didn't read this. <laughs> and it was a great laugh, but it was yet another example of how somebody who failed to get the full story can look really, really foolish. Because they had all kinds of opinions. They had all kinds of thoughts. They had a ton to share, but they didn't read the full story. There was no data out there in that article that said Americans don't read anymore. It simply was an experiment, and the experiment succeeded because it showed a lot of people that maybe you should take the time to get the full story. So, you know, I, I just, that one, that one made made me laugh as I, as I studied and researched for this because, again, it was just another example of people who didn't get the full story but decided that they felt entitled to chime in and contribute and comment anyway. So we've had some fun, you know, a little self-deprecating example. Uh, we've had a fun little social example. But what does the Bible have to say about all of this? Why does this matter? Why is it so important, biblically, that we get the full story? I'm going to go back to Exodus to start. In Exodus chapter 20, we get the ten words or the ten commandments God gave to Moses uh, that were essentially designed to guide the people on how they ought to live their lives as, as the Israelites uh, at this time were uh, a people without a land. Uh, as they learned, though, and as they grew, how ought they to live? How can they live in a way that's in alignment with 
the way that God wants them to live? How can they represent God well? And one of those commandments said that you shall not bear false witness or false testimony against your neighbor. How does that relate to the theme of our series? Well, when we say something untrue or incomplete about someone else, if we participate in gossip and are quick to offer our own opinion, we're demonstrating loud and clear that we haven't taken the time to learn the full story before we weigh in. And that can hurt people. We can spread misinformation very, very quickly by engaging in this. And if we don't have the full story and we start talking about the people around us and we gossip, we've spread and borne false witness against the people around us. It's pretty severe. It's pretty serious stuff that we're talking about this morning. Um, and we live in a time, and, and it's, this is why it's so critical, folks, is that we're living in a time where misinformation spreads really, really fast. Like, at least, you know, a couple of decades ago, it's probably a few decades ago now, if I gossiped, at least it took as long as it took to punch in the digits into a phone to call and tell somebody else. Now it takes however long it takes to type 140 characters on Twitter, and then thousands of people have heard the misinformation. However long it takes me to punch in a Facebook status, hundreds, if not thousands of people have gotten what I think is a full story, but might not be. You know, misinformation spreads really, really quickly. So it's so, so important that we be people who get the full story before we weigh in. We have to be so careful in the way that we spread information. Because first, our failure to learn the entire story can hurt us as individuals. It damages our own faith. It damages our own relationships and our relationship with Christ. In James chapter 1 and verse 26, James had a pretty strong warning about this type of stuff. He said, those who consider th- themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues uh, or their Facebook statuses or their Twitter updates, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless is what James says. If we're perfectly happy to spread misinformation and not get the full story, James has a pretty severe indictment of the state of our religious conviction. We've made it worthless because we're not willing to keep a tight rein on our tongues and consider the impact. So when I spread gossip, when I spread misinformation, I hurt myself. I hurt my own religion. But unfortunately, it's not just me. If it was just me, I might just tell all of you, you know, be careful uh, and know that your reputation might get hurt. Um, But you've heard me preach many times before about how it's never just about me. If it's about me, I've got it wrong, uh, is generally the rule to follow. Uh, It's also about other people. When I share a story, when I gossip, when I spread misinformation— It impacts other people. Often when we share a story or weigh in on a conversation, it has to do with another person who, unfortunately, often isn't in the room for that conversation. Uh, But even if it's not about another person, even if it's just about information, I'm sharing it with somebody, and I'm forming their opinion and their perspective when I do. So spreading misinformation, whether it be distorted information or gossip about another person, it also hurts the people that we share it with, and it hurts the people that we share it about. 
And Proverbs 11 and verse 9 is pretty clear about how dangerous that is when the writer says, with their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through their knowledge, the righteous escape. Think about that. With their mouths, people who run their mouth quickly and jump to conclusions, they destroy their neighbors. But through knowledge, through taking the time to get the full story, the righteous can escape these situations. The righteous person, in the eyes of the writer of Proverbs, is one who ensures they have the full story before they chime in. So when I spread misinformation, I can hurt myself, I can hurt other individuals, But it's even bigger than that. It's not just about a few pockets of individual people. I can also hurt the Christian community to which I belong. I can hurt my church. And Paul worried about this type of thing happening, the Apostle Paul. He understood human nature all too well. Um, And and so when he wrote his second letter to the Corinthians, because they didn't listen to the first one, uh, he wrote a second letter. And in chapter 12 and verse 20, Paul knew what was going on, and he said this. He said, For I'm afraid that when I come to you, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Okay, this is a community of people that the Apostle Paul loved, and he's saying, listen, I'm really scared, folks, that when I come back to see you again, it's going to be ugly. Because he understood how people are. He understood that our, our natural impulse is to engage in these types of habits. And it's all too easy, especially once we get into a community and you get into a room and people pile on. I'm sure we've all been in that situation once or twice before where you get into a room where most people in the room are operating on incomplete information and then one person says something and then another piles on and then we pile on and we pile on and we pile on and everything spirals out of control and Paul is saying, yeah, I bet that's what's gonna, what it's going to look like when I get there. You know, think if, if uh, Pastor Dean penned a letter uh, to us while he's on vacation and he said, I'm afraid that when I come back things might not look great. Consider the state of our interaction with our community and make sure that that letter couldn't be written to us. But when we engage in the spreading of misinformation, when we don't get the full story, when we gossip, we contribute to the creation of a community that looks like the one that Paul was afraid of. So let's be careful. But it's not just me as an individual. It's not just the couple of people I talk to or about. It's not even just my church family or my church community, it's also everybody else. What about people who don't yet know Jesus? What about people who are brand new to our community? How does my gossip, how does my spreading of misinformation, how does my failure to get the rest of the story before weighing in, how does it impact them? See, We can damage our witness really, really quickly when we engage in this kind of incomplete storytelling. And we've heard some pretty severe warnings up to this point this morning. But Jesus saves the most severe of his warnings for people who do damage to those who aren't yet a part of a community of faith. He reserves his most severe warnings for people who engage in activities that could cause others to stumble or fall away in their faith. 
I'm going to read from Luke chapter 17, verse 1 and 2, where Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. He knew it would happen. He said, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. I just want to offer a quick explanatory note on this particular text because often when we hear this, we think about our impact on children. Because in Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus has just told the disciples to let the children come to me and then he talks about allowing any of these little ones to stumble. And in some of the other gospels, we get the same thing. But in Luke's gospel, it just jumps from one story to this. And it's not actually clear in any of the gospels whether or not Jesus is talking exclusively about children. So we need to be careful that we don't just say, oh, well, I haven't caused a child to stumble. I'm really careful when I'm around kids. Um, so I'm, I'm good on this one. Because it's bigger than that. Obviously, we need to be really careful with our children. The church needs to be a safe place for them. And we need to do everything we can to help them grow up in the faith. But this is also about people who are little ones in their faith. People who are new to Christianity. People who are new followers to Jesus, those are little ones. We've all been and maybe still are little ones in our faith. So if I do anything that causes someone who is new to the faith, newly understanding Jesus, trying to make sense of all of this, if I do anything that causes any of them to stumble, Jesus had a, has a pretty severe warning for me. We need to be really careful. And so, we need to make sure that we're telling full and complete stories because when somebody new to our community comes in and all they encounter is gossip and misinformation, they're going to want nothing to do with it. And I'll say it again, Jesus' warning is pretty severe about that. As I've said a few times already this morning, it's really easy for us to talk about something or weigh in on an issue without having the full story. In fact, a lot of our world encourages it. Read the headline and comment your thoughts. We don't need to read the whole story, and half the time you try to go read the full story and there's a paywall. And it's like, well, do I want a buck fifty? Do I want to pay a buck fifty for the whole story? Eh, I'll see if I can find it somewhere else. Right? But we we're we're all it's all too easy and all too simple to just weigh in and pile on without getting the full story. Like I said, in many ways our current world invites and encourages that. What I want to make really clear is what I'm not saying this morning, and then we'll try to wrap things up. What I'm not saying in this message is that you should never have an opinion or a perspective. We're all people, and we actually do need diversity of opinion and perspective in our communities in order to grow. Right? In the book of Proverbs, where it also warns us about spreading misinformation, it says, iron sharpens iron. Okay? As I engage with other people and as we navigate differences of opinion, we grow together. But the underlying pretense, the underlying assumption of all of that is that when you're engaging in that dialogue and discourse, you have the whole story first. You're not coming at it with like little pieces and then fighting over what is likely both of you being wrong, right? You've got the whole story and now you're going to try to figure it out together. So we should talk about things. We should challenge each other, but we should always approach anything that we do with a great deal of humility. We need to make the assumption when we engage in a conversation that we might not have the whole story. And we need to exercise a great deal of discernment 
when it comes to what stories are ours to tell. Sometimes I might have the whole story, but it's not my story to share. So we need to be discerning, we need to be careful, we need to be cautious, and we need to always make sure that we're telling and sharing the full story. Unlike that high school-aged Jonathan who thought he had written one of the greatest essays of all time and was on his way to mass publication, maybe instead we should take a page out of the book of James, where he says in chapter 1 as well, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, They should be slow to speak, and they should be slow to come angry. Because there's always a pretty good chance that we haven't yet heard the rest of the story. I'm going to pray, and then the worship team can carry on for us. God, I just want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for this time. I thank you for your word and what it teaches us. God, I just pray your blessing on each one this morning. I pray that we would be people who are discerning uh, and who really seek to get the full story before we spread information. We thank you again, Jesus, uh, for everything you've done for us. In your name, amen. You've been listening to the Rooted and Reaching podcast, a weekly ministry of First Baptist Church in Charlottetown, PEI, Canada. Our theme music is inspired by Ben Sound. For more information or to support the ministries of FBC Charlottetown, please visit our website, myfbc.ca today. If you found the content of today's podcast encouraging, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and drop us a comment. In addition, consider sharing today's Rooted and Reaching podcast with at least one other person this week who might be blessed through it or become better biblically rooted through it. Until next time, thank you for listening.